Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. So glad you can join us. CB, we are coming off a win. It's been a long time since we did one of these. A calendar month since we last did one coming off a win. Boy, they needed this win in the biggest way possible because they made a step forward in defeat against uh, Buffalo. And they had to feel great about themselves going into this game, knowing that uh, there were things that were tangibly uh, correctable, if you will. The effort was there for 60 minutes, and the execution is what made the difference in this game. Uh, It should have been a 28-point uh, uh, score, but it was 14. They still have to get better in the the red zone, but from an execution standpoint, um, I thought they did a great job. And I don't think uh, I don't know if it come it's come out yet, but um, one of the highlights of this game was the offensive line, not in terms of their dominance but in terms of their uh, mental uh, execution. Uh, In talking to Coach Dable, and I'm sure he doesn't mind uh, me sharing that, he said they had no mental errors on the offensive line. And why is that important, Bob? Go through the list of guys that were not available for this game. Yeah. Again, they're starting right tackle. I repeated this during the broadcast. As the game was being played, their starting right tackle was on the field at MetLife Stadium the previous Sunday as a member of the Eagles practice squad. And in seven days, he was starting against Washington, Tyree Phillips. Continue. It is that part of it, and and I say this often because we don't know, we, we kind of have seen it from Washington over the years, They have an incredible front four, but they don't play hard every single play. So half your battle is the mental aspect of it. If you don't make the mistakes, then the guy has to beat you with his ability. Now, we know they have the ability to do that, and they showed that several times during the game. But just getting the guys blocked that you're supposed to get blocked it makes a world of difference or just getting a hat on the right guy makes a world of difference as to how your offense operates. And uh, you can't say enough about the job that uh, Tyrod Taylor has done in his role as starter, Um, made great decisions with the football. Uh, He was very decisive. Um, And before we, you know, go down, or some of you listeners go down this rabbit hole. uh, Yes, the offense is a little different for him. um, And they'll probably incorporate some of the things that they have him doing with uh, into Daniel Jones's game when um, he returns. But 
there is there is no real, in my opinion, controversy. He's your quarterback until he's not. And when the next guy comes in, he's your quarterback. Um, ask me if Daniel Jones gives you the best chance to win. I say yes. Um, and that's that's just it. Like, um, But right now, as a Giant fan, you want to root for the guy that's in there. You don't want to root against the guy that's not, or you don't want to, you know, try to make a case for one or the other. The other guy uh, is injured. He's your starting quarterback. He's your franchise quarterback. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is until it's not. Well, listen, um, you and I are on the same page on this one. It's really, it's, it's, Giant fans should be happy and excited exactly. that Mike Glennon isn't coming off the bench anymore or a myriad of other people that they've had as backups over the years. They actually have one of those guys that's a backup that's actually good enough to be a starter, but he's not necessarily good enough to be your franchise guy where you know a team is going to build their entire organization around him. That's, I mean, Tyrod went to a Pro Bowl with Buffalo. He's been a very good player. He's over 500 as a starting quarterback. Reminds me of like the baseball players, you know, being a Yankees fan. There were always these guys that would destroy it in AAA, and they'd come up to the Yankees, and in burst, they'd play well. But over the course of time, they weren't very successful on the major league level. Then they'd get sent back to the minors, and they'd kill it there. And there's a handful of these kind of quarterbacks, the Gardner Minshews, the Jacoby Brissett's, Tyrod Taylor players that are good enough to start and win games for you. But they're not necessarily guys that you're going to build your program around. Right. And then there's a bunch of these other guys that, for some reason, have pictures on people or whatever, or because they understand the game, they kick around the league for 12 years, but you're deathly afraid if they ever have to come in the game and play. Right. Right, and, and Tyra, this is, Tyra, the this is great for the Giants that they got a guy yeah. that can hold the fort and actually win games for you. Yeah, and kudos to uh, Joe Shane and and Brian Dable in identifying a competent uh, backup quarterback and one that they didn't let leave the building because there was a market, um, and there will be a market for a guy who puts on film what Tyrod Taylor puts on film on a regular basis. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online so head to the website today or use your mobile device get in so yeah this whole and then and the other thing about the this because i saw the i saw dable after the game i'm in the locker room there's where he does his press thing there's another locker room attached to it so i'm kind of sitting there waiting to do the tyrod taylor interview and he walks through so i walk into that other room and I'm watching the press conference and I'm 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 seeing like sort of the line of questioning is like, you know, people forget I've been around long enough to remember the whole Sims Hostetler thing. 
Yeah. I was there for all of it. And I, you could see the leading <laughs> questions going in this. And I said to myself, look, thank God he has Tyrod Taylor. But let's not let's not blur lines here. Now I'm hearing about Tyrod's decision-making. He looks a little bit more decisive than Jones because Jones was taking a pounding. And Jones didn't have Saquon Barkley, who is a threat, whether his yards per carry are high or whether his yards per carry were low. But there was volume runs with 21 carries. That keeps a defense honest, and that gives a quarterback that extra beat, just the extra beat, to find somebody as opposed to running for your life. And all I know is this. The last time Daniel Jones was on the football field with Saquon Barkley, they scored 31 points in the second half against Arizona. I don't know if they've scored 31 points since then. So let's not go crazy about all this in comparison to the quarterbacks because 26 matters more than anybody can imagine. The action pass, as uh, Coach Dave call, I call it play action pass. They call it the action passing game. The volume of runs, the threat of Saquon Barkley, his home run threat, allowed them to get some footballs down the field. Um, he makes a difference. It's a team, folks. So um, I would I would say that you you must, for the sake of your own uh, mental fandom, lose this unhealthy obsession with, I mean, you can you cannot like a guy, great. But when you start to do these com- comparisons or these comparables, and then you just gloss over, three weeks ago, as if it it never happened, you're bordering on obsession. Um, there's a there's a there's this, and I'm gonna just say it, there's this weirdo obsession with Kayvon Thibodeau. Like the guy comes off a game where he's a candidate for player of the week, and I literally get in my timeline. Well, getting a sack off a blitz is different than getting a sack rushing the passer. And I said, does it count any less? Does it have any less impact for your defense if if your player get gets a sack? What what is this? It, it's it's weirdo. Um my local radio guys here, someone sent me a clip where they called him fat. They say he doesn't have twitch. And I'm like, are you dating him or are you watching football? <laughs> because the guy just came off a monster game, and the only thing you can say is he's fat and he doesn't have twitch. Well, he's twitchy enough. Yeah, eight pressures in a game. He's got bad hands. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why he plays <laughs> linebacker and rushes the passer. Uh, but and that's something he has to uh, he has to make those plays. Um, but it's just it's just this weird obsession as fans that we've kind of devolved to. Um, and because and I, I still blame it on the shit they consume on morning talk because they they throw these dumbass theories out. But folks, if you're a fan of your team and your team is winning and your guy is playing well, the last fucking thing you should be worried about is if a guy 
doesn't have the perfect body. Go tell your wife she doesn't have the perfect body. See how that goes in your house, right? But it's just weird. It, it's it's bordering on weirdo behavior. Like you have to find something. Okay, you just told me everything you don't like. What do you like, right? The guy is effective. He's doing a great job for you. Um, let's not let's not do that. You should you should. I'm not telling you how you should fan, but it would be in your best interest mentally to enjoy your victories. Enjoy when your guy does well and stop making up dumb crap just so that you can beat a guy down and then you call yourself a fan. Well, you know, you that's... Get... Go ahead. Uh, no, it's what... I remember Dan Reeves, when he and I were doing the show, the late Dan Reeves on Sirius NFL Radio, and <clears throat> the league announced that coaches' tape would be basically up for sale on the NFL game pass or whatever and i remember talking to coach and during a commercial break or whatever and he's like Oof. he goes game film in the wrong people's hands just creates another layer of headaches for yeah. us as coaches because it's just <clears throat> everybody thinks they're an expert everybody thinks they're an analyst and they start looking at stuff because if they don't really know what they're looking at you could draw some really wrong conclusions on things yeah and um, I, I, yeah. I think you're right i mean all I know is he's part of a defense and he's had a genuine impact on a defense that held Buffalo to 14 points going into the game, averaged 32 points a game. And the other narrative too is Washington. So everybody just says Washington because the Giants tend to beat Washington a lot. But Washington, <clears throat> Carl, they came into the game averaging 25 points per game. Mm-hmm. They had the seventh best red zone offense in the NFL and the 10th best red zone defense. And they had eight pass plays during this year of over 30 yards. And they had one pass play of over 30 yards. And they were held to seven points when they averaged 25 a game. Like, so let's not just sit here and just because they always beat Washington, let's not poo poo that. This defense is playing at a very high level. And he's yeah. a big part of why they're playing at that high level. So it's yeah, not all the tape stuff. Well, yeah, and that's a whole nother thing. And Washington probably doesn't score seven if the Giants don't miss their field goal. Oh, I mean, but, they hadn't gotten across midfield but once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 40-something yards in the first half. Not to the positives. Tay Banks is Ooh. a baller. Uh, Deontay Banks took on one of the NFL's premier receivers. And I say premier. He's underrated, but he's a premier receiver. Very much and, so. and he battled, and he battled McCurlin, uh, comes up with a big interception that was not easy. I mean, he had to play some instincts. They were on the zone, reads the quarterback, plays the ball, undercuts the receiver, and catches it like the receiver. Um, he's a physical at the point of attack cornerback. And that's the one thing. And here's the, this is the cheat code folks, because we'll sit up and, you know, some of my teammates like Mark Collins and, and, and we'll watch a guy line up and press and never press. <laughs> He'll line up and you might as well tie his hands behind his back because they give a free release. Tay Banks, if he lines up and press, Get ready. He's putting his hands in your chest. He gets called for holding one time because McCurlin couldn't get off his press. 
Um, this guy is the real deal. And um, be happy you got him. He's going to have a great future uh, in the NFL as as a cornerback, and he's a rising star. Um, you know, you know what, Carl? I I, I I hear this a lot, right? Like, um, and I think it's just I I in defense of the Giant fan, with the exception of last year and 2016, it's been a decade of blah to bad football. Mm-hmm. And the fan base is frustrated, and they were hoping off of last year that the team was going to be more dominant this year or whatever. But people in the know understand that when you're scraping a roster apart and doing a teardown and a rebuild, which is basically what they're, what this new regime came in, not only from a coaching standpoint, but from a scouting standpoint, there are times where you're going to take a step back. Sure before you really get the foundation poured. But, like, you think about how many times have you heard Giants fans say, how come we never draft a guy like that, whether it's uh, whether it's Trayvon Diggs who came in with swagger mm-hmm. right out of the gate or, you know, Micah Parsons who came in dominant. I just use those two guys because they're in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't fall asleep on Tay Banks' swagger. I mean, Wink Martindale decided to play with the game on the line, cover zero, and he had Tay Banks on Terry McLaurin, yeah. and he's in Terry McLaurin's face, wagging his finger. Now, is it going to come back to bite him at some point? Sure, of course. That's what happens with corners, especially young right. ones. But look, guys, Giants fans, you got a guy that's got, as Bill Raftery would say, onions. He's got he onions. Scared. Sure. He is not scared. Hey, how about this? They They have so much confidence in him. They said, you're going to travel with McCurlin. Everywhere he goes, you're traveling with him. Only so a few times he you. didn't. Yeah, yeah, only a few times he didn't. And that that says that says a great deal about uh, the confidence that they have in this kid's ability and his ability to grasp what they're asking him to do and incorporate it into things that come natural to him. So he's a physical kid. He's, like I said, if he lines up in press, you're getting a hand in your chest because this kid is, he knows the assignment uh, and he gets it done. Um, the other parts of this defense, you can't ignore the play of both these inside linebackers. Bobby O'Karaki is at home. Um, Micah McFadden, when, you know, I've already said, I've always said he knew how to find the football. He's making tackles. He's making plays. Um, Leonard Williams. And this is the other, you know, he's never good enough for anybody, but he's good enough for what they need him to do because here's another little news flash. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but they move him out to defensive end now. Sometimes he's opposite of uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at end. And the pressure he can generate from there to inside has enabled this defensive line to do a lot of stuff. And also they have now they have some depth there. When they move him out, they can move uh Nacho into the game and 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 do some things on the interior. But um that defensive front is part and parcel to why these linebackers are having so much success. Yeah, and Ashawn Robinson got more snaps in the game too. Yeah. And you know, again. Giants fans want to poo-poo it. B. 
because it's Washington, and you think of Washington, you think of the fact that you beat them regularly, although the games are always close, but the Giants most of the time find a way to win them. But this was another team. that They had a good run game coming into the game. Brian Robinson is a legitimate back. The Giants shut that down. Yeah, I listen, folks. Um, I just, I just don't, I don't like the narrative of well, they just beat Washington. Well, you yes, I mean? the, the, the answer to that should be and because if they lost to Washington, you'd be like, I can't believe they were lost to Washington. Right. And this is the same Washington team that went to Philadelphia, and if Ron Rivera, only known to him, that he wouldn't go for two at the end of regulation after they went on an eighty-yard drive, yeah, and shoved the ball down Philadelphia's throat and get the game tied and decides for once to kick an extra point as opposed to going for the win. And then the excuse he used was, was well, tired. it was a long drive. My team was gassed. Well, wasn't the defense even more gassed? And you had all the momentum? Yeah. That's another story for another day. Yeah. Can, can I just say this real quick, though? Because I think you know Phil Sims talked about this. It's rewarding for your offense. When you're on a drive, right, and you got a chance to win the game, I don't think one guy in that huddle, not one of them, would look at each other and says, boy, I hope we kick this damn field goal because I'm tired. I don't have another play in me. They're begging to win this game. But that's that's a Washington problem. That's a Ron problem. That ain't, them, them, as they say, them ain't our problems. But the Giants will take their wins as they earned them. They earned it, whether it was against Bergen Catholic Oh, or oh, oh, easy, easy. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> they they take it as it comes. They didn't make the schedule. Um, they just got to play it, and they they won that one. And they're trying to get ready for the next one. Let's educate our audience a second on something, because I don't think I hear from too many people, <clears throat> whether it's on social media or people that I'm friends with. You know, first down, handoff, Barkley, gain of two. First down, next drive, handoff Barkley, gain of two and a half. First down, next drive, handoff Barkley, gain of a yard and a half. First down, handoff Barkley, gain of four and a half. That there's a complimentary football means a lot of different things. It's not just offense, defense, special teams, but it is tied to special teams, and I'll get to that in a second. When your defense is playing as well as the Giants' defense is playing, a punt is not necessarily a bad thing as opposed to putting the ball in harm's way unnecessarily and grab bagging. The other thing, Carl, is this. Volume of run. You know, you know, I do my serious show with Charlie Weiss, and he's a mm-hmm. tremendous play caller. And he always talks about run volume. Yeah, do you want you, you don't want negative run plays, but if you could just get two or three, the dirty two or three, and just keep the threat of the run game there with your running back who the defense has spent all week game planning for because he is one of the difference maker players in the NFL at that position. Mm-hmm. And they are constantly having to account for him. He's gonna crack one for 12. Mm-hmm. You hope he might crack one for 40, but even if his longest run is 12, it opens up the middle of the field so that Darren Waller can now have 98 yards receiving. 
Yep. And that you can then hit a slant and you can do all these other things. If I hear one more time, oh my God, they run it on first down with Barkley every time. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's yeah. part of playing complimentary football. And, and then you're, you're the operating. same and you're the same people then that complain if you come out shotgun. Why are they in shotgun? And why is the quarterback getting blasted on first down sure. and getting sacked and losing 13 yards? They're playing yeah, and, to their team. Right. And those two yards, those dirty two yards keeps you operating in the green. It's not drop back sack second and 15 or second and 20. Um, so as long as you're operating in the green, so if you're uh, second and eight, and then all of a sudden you're third and five. That's pretty good. Um, pretty good options you have as a play caller when you're third and five. Your playbook is open to you. When you're third and ten, twelve, or beyond, you have limited options. You can run a draw, but they're going to play for a draw. You can run a screen, but you don't run screens very well. Um, so, operating in the green with a guy like. Saquon Barkley means that any one of those two could be 22 or 42. Um, so you just keep pounding because a defense, when you have a Saquon Barkley back there, they're holding their breath every time he touches the ball. They're holding their breath that they can beat a block and that he doesn't make somebody miss because if he makes you miss, it's going to be a 10 or 12 yard game. So that's pressure. A guy like that puts pressure on your defense and then knowing that you got a defense where players don't play hard every play anyway, you're going to get it. And then you saw the double move as a result of just them having to commit safeties uh, with the threat of the run. Jalen Hyatt. I said it last week. I'll say it again. They have to stay intentional about getting this kid to football because I think they've made that decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just the, I'll tell you, the football IQ that probably kind of went over everybody's head because of all the other things that he did. He broke up an interception, folks, but how he did it, he was actually being pushed out of bounds. He swats the defender out of the way just to get back in play to break up an interception. If you guys get a chance to look at that clip, you're going to say this kid has great um, football awareness, great ball tracking skills, because he wasn't going to be able to catch the ball, but he made sure that he could get back into play just so that he could break that ball up because he was being ridden out of bounds and he somehow swam the guy, uh, the defender, get back in the field to play without stepping out of bounds and breaks up a pass. And that is to me as, as big a play as he made the entire day, including some big catches. Um, Graham Gano has got to make his field goal. Yeah. But he knows that it's almost like Mariano Rivera in his prime with the Yankees. Like if he ever, the rare time he blew a save, it like shocked mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dave's did tell me that, when the stadium is available, because MetLife Stadium, well, I don't think what people understand Different. is that MetLife Stadium is a multi-used facility. So there's commercials that are being shot in the building. There's events. It gets rented out for corporate events and all this other stuff. 
But he did tell me, he said, yeah, the, the special teams guys will go over the stadium and kick punts and kick field goals and do all that other stuff to kind of get acclimated to the wind in the stadium. They will shoot across the parking lot when the building is available. So, because you and I were wondering about this, we talked about how even when you guys used to practice on the grass practice field, the specialists would go in the stadium. Sure. And, and I know Coughlin would send the guys over from the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. Dable and the staff are doing the same thing. Can I give a, a I have two little just quick shout outs I want to give. Mm-hmm. Sure. Shout out number one is I want to give it to Jamie Gillen. Um, we, you know, the giant special teams, they signed Gunnar Oshesky this week, who was a first team all pro in 2020 with the Patriots to the practice squad. You know, he's a return guy. He's a punt returning kick returning specialist. Now he's had some ball handling issues as well, more on the returns than on actually fielding the punts. Um, and he was let go by Pittsburgh, but I want to give Jamie Gillen because Jamie Gillen wasn't that good for last year. But Jamie Gillen has had a quiet, really nice season for the Giants mm-hmm. with the direction of punts, the height of the punts, keeping them outside the numbers. And he's been a very effective part of the Giants' defense. And then the other shout-out I want to give is to uh, Saquon Barkley in this regard. We've seen you know, the running back market the way it is. Jonathan Taylor got his money from the Colts. Uh, Josh Jacobs got more money than Barkley got on his franchise, you know, rework deal. And Saquon has been such a leader and a positive sort of vibe within the building, whether you see him in the cafeteria, hanging with his teammates, uh, his leadership Mm -hmm. demeanor. And I know there was uh, this story this past week that I guess Joe Shane had pulled him aside and said, hey, look, the trade deadline's going. We're not trading him. And he wants to be with the Giants. But I've seen this movie a million times before, and I've seen it go a lot of other ways in a negative way. And I just want to give a guy a shout-out for being true to his word. He came into the door with a smile at the beginning of camp. He That's wasn't right. happy about the contract situation. But nothing has changed, even with the other guys getting deals. His demeanor will, around his teammates and within the building, and even on the field before the games, he stops to sign some autographs and stuff. I just want to tip my cap to the guy, just observing him in the cafeteria every day. He's Listen, he's a pro's pro, but he loves football. He loves his teammates. And um, he wants to do everything he can as a New York Giant to – uh, be a part of success and to be a part of of, of building and winning a championship. So um, he's 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 a pro's pro, but you know he's he's the heart and soul. He is he is that guy, man. He doesn't care um, if they run him fifty times; he'll take every fifty and run them like it's the first one. Or if they run him five, as long as it contributes to a victory. Um, and that's all he's about. Like that that's that's what a giant is. Like, you know, say what you want about him. Um it's not coming from a genuine place if it's negative, I can tell you that. Um because this guy is a giant. He is the epitome of a New York giant. All right, anything else to get off your chest? We'll be back later in the week to do the preview of the Jets. Yeah, really quick, Wandale Robinson. 
Wondell Robinson, um, difference maker in the game. Um, but listen, folks, um, root for your team. Don't look for reasons why um, you don't like a guy. Look for reasons why you should, because he's there on your team. And um, the narratives, I, again, I'll say, be independent thinkers. Don't don't digest all the shit that's being, you know, pooped out on TV. And all you could do is win one in a row. That's and they right. Got a one, they got one one-game winning streak. And that's this right. coming week, they're going to try to make it two one-game winning streaks. That's we'll be right. back later in the week. How do we like to end it? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe, Believe in Giants. in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.